All right, welcome back, everyone. I'm Pat. And I'm Rebecca. And we are Ghostly. In our last episode, we took a look into shadow people. And how did you feel about that episode, Rebecca? It was fascinating um, to learn about a new set of paranormal creatures that exist that I had never heard of before. It was so interesting. And it's especially been weird because I'm reading the sequel to The Three-Body Problem right now, which is a Mm. uh, a trilogy of books that are sci-fi, and they involve aliens and them um, coming to Earth. Oh, they haven't arrived yet, but they're about to. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, but anyways, it's just like how they observe us. It, it's different in a lot of ways, but um, the con- the concept of what if we found out that they were aliens and we had to Ooh. figure out how to respond to the fact that they're observing us all the time and how yeah. that works. It just, anyways, it, it's been <laughs> very cool, and I, it was like this whole sub culture that i had never experienced before wow i've never heard of that book so that's interesting uh you know i feel a little unsettled after that last episode let me let me tell you why okay since recording it i've seen a lot more stuff out of the corner of my eye Mm. yeah i've seen things you know right outside my vision that i'm like what the heck is that and then i turn to look at it straight on and it's gone. Mm, you think you're seeing shadow people? Uh, well, me being the skeptic, I do not believe that to be shadow people. I believe that it is just um, my overactive imagination, especially after talking about something so eerie. Ah, I see. I yeah. see. Well, you have to keep me posted. Any uh, encounters? Yeah, with you've the, been keeping this from me. Yeah, with the man with the hat or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, since we've talked about the shadow people, let's take a look at what our listeners thought. Uh, what did the polls tell us, Rebecca? All right. Well, we had uh, some good voting going on here. It was neck and neck, but in the end, fifty-seven percent voted that shadow people are absolutely real and they've seen one or hope that they never do. Uh, And 43% said absolutely not. There are clear scientific reasons for what people see. Wow. Well, that was, you know, actually a little bit closer than I thought it was going to be. After being on social media, I've seen that there's such a presence for these shadow people. There's so many believers in this that I really thought it was going to be a landslide victory for you. So I'm going to take this as a partial win for uh, myself. No. Yeah. No, I won really close. for one, so <laughs> we're going to take it as a Rebecca win. All right. Well, <laughs> Our belief in paranormal win. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into the episode. Uh, we are returning to Batcher's Grove. If you listen to our last Batcher's Grove episode, which I really recommend that you do, uh, it was an overview of Batcher's Grove. So in order to understand some of the stuff that we're talking about, you probably have to listen to that episode. Yeah, it would be good. Yeah. So we said in our original Batcher's Grove episode that we were going to do an episode on each major ghost story. Uh, there are so many of these ghost stories that it would be impossible for us to do an episode for every single one. So we're going to kind of break it down into topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. We, uh, that way we can really cover, uh, go into depth. Yeah. Uh, for each story. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So this episode will be devoted to the ladies. <laughs> the ladies, <laughs> yeah. Hey, we got to keep this clean, okay? <laughs> uh, so this is about the ladies of Batcher's Grove, specifically the Madonna that is often seen. She's also called the Lady in White. Another Lady in White. Right? Yeah, we have a lot of ladies in white. Yeah, yeah, we do. Maybe it's because um, ghosts tend to be all white, like mm. Casper. Right, Casper so maybe their clothes white. aren't even white. Maybe they're wearing like a blue dress. Yeah, but because they're a ghost, it just looks white. That's all that we see is the white. Right. Yeah. I think maybe. That, yeah. I think that that would make a lot more sense. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think we need to clarify something before we even begin mm. on this episode. I keep hearing about the Madonna. Now, to me, the Madonna means um, the Virgin Mary. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the most common idea of, of, of Madonna. But what I'm noticing in these stories, when they refer to the Madonna, it just is a, a woman that's Mary-like, that is within childbearing ages, uh, possibly someone that's had a child, but not necessarily. Uh, yes, absolutely. I definitely see this, especially with this story. There's like several different women that have been seen. Sometimes they're with a child. Sometimes they're looking for a child or I know, somehow associated with it. So like we don't really hear a lot of stories about old women or um, uh, but really more women that are younger, either again with chi- with children or uh, like could have kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, maybe that's uh, well, we can get into more of the why that might be later in our debate. Yeah. You know, in in um, pagan terms, uh, they refer to it as the mother, the maiden and the crone. Ooh. The, the three representations of women. Oh, yeah. Because we're all inside. one or the other. It's all just, it's the only reason <laughs> to <laughs> talk about women is in relation to yeah. kids. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's it. In, you either haven't had one yet, you just had one, or you can't have them anymore. Well, we are talking about in the olden days. That's just true. Yeah. So we went back to Batcher's Grove on December 15th to do a second interview with Carl and Wendy from the com, And they're very, very knowledgeable about the past and the present of Batcher's Grove. Uh, They are also caretakers of sorts, right? Absolutely. Yeah. uh, We went out there to meet with them, and they were hanging wreaths up. For Christmas, yeah. For Christmas. really so sweet. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Obviously, Batcher's Grove is a very special and sacred place to them. Uh, They both met there. Yes, they met each other there, yeah. Yeah. It's very... yeah, they have a, a there's a special wreath that they put um, in the spot where they met. Yeah, it was really, really Very cute. romantic. Yeah. So we're going to play a part of that interview for you in this episode, but not right now. Uh, we are only going to play the part of that episode that refers to the Madonna or the Lady in White. Yeah, because there's plenty more that we're going to save for future episodes. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, we talked about everything. Mm-hmm. Also, at the end, there might be a surprise, so stick around, and uh, you will definitely hear it. Mm-hmm. But before we play that episode, I'd like to dive into a little history of the Madonna of Batcher's Grove. Okay. Okay. So, as we said in our original episode, Batcher's Grove had its last official burial in 1965, 
While talking to you, you said that there was also one in 1989. Well, it was in the 80s, I think. Yeah. I don't know exactly the year. But that was ashes, right? Yeah, it was uh, somebody who had been cremated. Yeah, so I'm I'm taking this as actual bodies. Okay. I know it's a little morbid to to think of it that way. Okay. But after 1965, that's when Batcher's Grove pretty much went into disarray. Mm. It was not taken care of until like 2010-ish. You know, that's when Carl and Wendy, I think Carl said he went there in 2012. I think that was his first yeah. time there. But I, I think Rich, one of the caretakers there, was there before that. And I think they had started taking care of it. But then the... um. But then, you know, they got a lot of help from Forest Preserve people mm-hmm. and a bunch of other people where they actually, you know, cut the lawn and take care of it. Yeah. Make it look pretty. Yeah, that does look pretty. Though, I will say I had a conversation with Wendy about this that um, it's almost like over taking care of it yes. to some extent. Yes. But it's really, really weird because though they're not new graves, but new grave stones will show up as the the land erodes. Yeah. That yeah, been that's, hidden. that's really creepy. Yeah. So after 1965, Batcher's Grove really wasn't taken care of. And during this long gap in between 1965 and 2010, when they started really taking care of things around there, there was a lot of vandalism done to the grove. Uh, worst among this vandal- vandalism were destruction of some of the headstones, and on rare occasions, some of the graves might have actually been dug up. Oh. Yeah, there's some really sick people out there. Uh, if a cemetery's job is to provide peaceful rest to its occupants, this was creating the opposite effect. It was about at this time that ghost stories started flooding in. Maybe that's a coincidence, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was around 1960s or so um, that ghost stories really started in in Batcher's Grove, and the 70s and 80s really kicked it up a notch as well. Definitely, and the 90s. There's yeah, a lot. Yeah, there is a lot of stories with Batcher's Grove. Yeah, there are, are several supernatural events that are reported at Batcher's Grove, but today we are going to focus on the Madonna or the White Lady of Batcher's Grove. As Rebecca mentioned in our overview of the ghost from our first episode, one of the most famous stories happened on August 10th, 1991, where a picture was taken by the Ghost Research Society using infrared film, and after developing the picture, there appears to be a woman in white sitting on a tombstone. You've seen that picture before. I have. I have. It's one of the most famous ghost photos in the world. Yeah, and we'll post that in the show notes as well. Absolutely. Uh, there's also been numerous sightings of a woman in white carrying an infant child in her arms. And there's, there is a burial in Batcher's Grove of an infant child, although we are not sure who the mother was of this baby. No, we have some ideas, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Okay, but yeah, we don't know for solid fact that no. this was the mother of this baby, although the baby was, um, was buried right by the Fulton uh, headstone. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that go to Bachelor's Grove, it's common to bring a tribute to yes. the infant daughter. Yes. But that's not what this episode's about. So we're going to play our short little 
snippet of our interview with Carl and Wendy from the pathtobatchersgrove.com telling us about his encounter with possibly another woman in white or the Madonna. So go ahead, start out however you want. <laughs> okay, so why don't you guys introduce yourself first? Carl I'm Wendy Moxley Rowe. Okay. Carl K. And you guys are from thepathtobatchersgrove.com. We are thepathtobatchersgrove.com and Facebook advocates, researchers, and friends of the Grove, just like you. Caretakers. Yeah. Like Caretakers, you come in here and clean up. Yeah. yeah. Throw some branches. So Somebody's doing something wrong. You tell them, stop that. <laughs> absolutely. So our first episode was um, pretty much an overview because we had so much stuff to go over. So we wanted to go over individual stories. And uh, you had told us the story of the um, Madonna that you that you saw, that you believe you saw, mm-hmm. that I witnessed, yeah. that you witnessed, along that, with the word five other people, exactly, yeah. two friends and three other people we met here. Um, it was actually July fourth, two thousand sixteen, and I won't say uh, it was the Madonna that people speak of, but it was not similar to the Madonna of the famous photo taken on the checkered stone. Okay. From what I saw to the image of that photo, two separate things. Um, Me and my friends were on the north fence, facing south, facing the gate, just by chance, watching the gate that way, get a clear view. Uh, The three other people that were in here that we did not know said, hey, check that out, and we all went, And what we all saw was basically not much of a head on a full body, white dress, puffy shoulders, puffy sleeves, bottom flared out of a dress. She came in about 30 feet south to north through the gate, walked around the two evergreen fir trees, kind of made a little square, took a couple steps back out towards the fence and disappeared. Wow. And um, six people saw it. Wow. I saw it myself, and yeah. Was that so, was that your first experience here? First experience, no. That was the third apparition I had seen with my own eyes. Okay. And I do believe uh, that was the first with witnesses. With witnesses? That okay. other people saw it, yeah. All right, that was an amazing story. Now, I've gotten to know Carl a little bit since starting Ghostly, and, and I really don't find him to be a dishonest person. He seems extremely passionate about Batcher's Grove. Uh, Rebecca, do you have any other stories about the Lady in White of Batcher's Grove? There are several stories that people have told over the years. She shows up, walks through the grove. They say she often looks upset Mm. that she's looking for something. Or she has a baby in her arms. Sometimes she doesn't. Um, But she's often walking around. Um... There was a report in 1998, um, two officers said that they saw her with a baby in her arms, but that they never told anyone because they were afraid that they would get made fun of police officers, you know, telling the story. They told this to an, uh, an, an interviewer in October of 2000, um, Dale Kazmarek, he's kind of a big ghost guy in Chicago area. Uh, and so they, they revealed this um, had happened in 1998. So for me, part of the story, too, is who 
is this woman. Who is she? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because as you heard with Carl, he kind of said this in there that he said that the woman he saw matches the description of what others have said, but not the photo. Yeah. So there's this question of, is the, the woman in the photo something different than the other women that people see more walking around, mm. right? The woman in the photo was sitting there. These women are walking around. Um, so I had some research uh, on some of the possibilities of who the mm. woman is. So for most of the sightings, right, they will call her Madonna, the lady in white, or Mrs. Rogers. Mrs. Rogers. Mrs. Rogers. Not not Mrs. Robinson? No. <laughs> Mrs. Rogers. Cuckoo, cuckoo? No, no, no. Uh, and that's because um, Luella and Daniel Rogers are buried near the infant daughter gravestone. Oh. But late, so people started to talk about that, but then later research showed that they are buried in a different plot. As you mentioned oh. earlier, the infant daughter grave is in the Fulton yeah, like, family. like right on it almost. So right. So they think that the that infant daughter is very likely to be Marsha May Fulton, daughter of Bertrand Fulton and Catherine Voigt, neither of whom are buried in Bachelors Grove. Mm. And I found that weird in a lot of my research. I noticed that um children would be buried in Bachelors Grove. And not their parents. Oh, and wasn't Voight the name of uh, the the person that Carl believed was the person that he saw? Oh, yeah, I think it was. Okay, I think it was yeah. Catherine Voight. Yes, that sounds. Yes, yes, you're right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, sorry. So Carl Carl went on to tell us that yeah. he was doing a presentation for Bachelors Grove, mm-hmm. and when he was there, he saw he saw a picture of a woman. In her regular clothes that she would wear, and he he instantly knew, and he asked, "Who was who is that woman in the picture?" And they said, "Well, that's Catherine Voigt." And he said, "That's that's the person that I saw." Yeah, so that's so. really creepy to imagine that you're you see a photo and yeah. it looks just like this person you just saw walking. Yeah, well. I'm going to talk about that during the debate a little <laughs> bit, I think. So. All right. I have one more theory I want to mention. This is actually okay. on Carl and Wendy's website, Path, Path, to, Path to Bachelors Grove. There's also another theory that the woman is Amelia Patrick Humphrey, mm. who's, I think, is related to a senator, either the wife or the, the daughter. And while she is not buried in the grove, her child that died at 11 months is buried there. Again, another child buried there without the parents. So the theory that some people say is that it's her walking around trying to protect all of these children that are buried in the cemetery without their parents. So it's this idea like that's why sometimes she has a baby, sometimes she doesn't. Sometimes you'll see kids running, you know, ghost kids, um, you know, separate from the woman. Mm -hmm. It's just this idea like there's all these children that are buried there without their parents and that maybe this is a spirit of a woman who's there to care for Oh, these very children. interesting. But I've also heard reports that the woman is crying sometimes, like with the baby in her hands crying. Again, yeah, it's oh, that's kind of goes back to, yeah, it's that she always has a distressed look hmm. on her face, which is, again, what, kind of, what Carl was saying, that the woman he saw had a similar disposition, 
I think is what he was trying to say that that upset oh okay that pacing but then she had a different visual look from that photograph well the photographs of Catherine Voigt that I've seen mm-hmm. uh, the, well you have to remember that these pictures were taken a very long time ago and it was not customary for people to smile in no. pictures mm-hmm. so there was no smile on her face and yeah, she looked very distressed to me because of that. Well, I remember he said, though, um, that he didn't see a whole lot of her yeah, face. He just yeah. saw more of the body and the dress. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. So is that all you got for the story part? That is all I got for the story part. All right. Well, we wouldn't be ghostly if we just left you with the story. So I think it's time we have a little debate. Okay. You, you ready, Rebecca? Sure. All right. Well, you go first. Oh, as always. You always make me go first. Well, because I'm debating what you say. <laughs> That's kind of how this goes. All right. So um, so for me, I feel like uh, this is true because there are so many stories that have taken place over such a long time and they're very consistent with each other. So even if the some of the details of the person might be slightly different. Most of the stories follow this this same pattern of person and where they walk and what they do. Um, the cemetery, when you're there, has a feel of the ghosts wanting to protect it. We mentioned that Carl and Wendy feel like caretakers. And I had this discussion with them when we were there, this idea that the ghosts are trying to protect this popular place. I mean, most cemeteries don't have this cult following, following, all these people coming to the cemetery every day, walking around. Sometimes they cut the lawn. Sometimes they don't cut the lawn. Sometimes they hang wreaths. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're digging them up. Sometimes they're knocking things over. And so it's a very disturbed ground. You yeah. kind of mentioned that earlier. And I bet not many of those people actually have relatives buried there, too. Uh, absolutely. Like, we don't, and we were there. I, we've gone there twice. Yeah. Right? I've gone there three times. Oh, so. right, yeah. yeah. So um, so this idea for me is that it makes perfect sense that mm. starting in the 60s when, when the burial stopped, when people stopped treating it like a regular cemetery and started treating it as a lover's lane, as a place to um, find money by digging people up and, and all of that, that of course um, the cemetery gets upset. So that means they're worried for the children in the cemetery. Again, these children that have been buried there by themselves without their parents and they want some to take care of these kids. Hmm. There's also been photographic evidence of several types that people have taken obviously the big famous photo and the one of the bigger things for me is carl's story he mentions there's six of them that saw this apparition including himself two of those other five people were his friends three were just random people at the cemetery that they didn't know these were this was you know just they had never met him and these two people were like oh my god oh my god hey hey look 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 and everyone turns to look and they see this all at the same time. Again, it wasn't people standing around talking about ghosts and being like, oh, oh we're going to see a ghost today. Nope. These were two separate groups of people that hadn't colluded mm-hmm. <laughs> ahead of time and and saw this, uh, saw this apparition. Also, with the photo, 
there's not really, I could not find anybody giving a clear scientific reason why it wouldn't be a real photo, but there was, you know, things had been changed. There's even a shadow in the photo, kind of, it's a more solid thing. And maybe it was a shadow person. We could connect it all together. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so to me, this consistency of the sightings, the uh, photographic evidence, and that especially the really specific story of Carl uh, that happened just a few years ago is very strong evidence. Okay. All right. Is that all you got? That's that's what I got for now. Okay. I'm saving Um, for my one minute. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's fine. Okay. Yeah. So, I want to say that when we went to Bachelors Grove, um, it was December fifteenth, but surprisingly, the weather it was in the fifties. It was a beautiful day. Yeah, and we had heavy coats on still because we didn't know what to expect, and I, it was actually cold there. Freezing. It was so cold, and as soon as we left there, it wasn't cold anymore. Mm-hmm. When we got there, it wasn't cold. When we got in the cemetery, it became very cold. And then when we left, it wasn't cold anymore. Yeah, and there was ice that had formed on like water yeah. around there. I mean, it, it was cold. Yeah, I, I wish we could have got pictures of that too. Yeah. But it was in the 50s and ice was forming there. It, yeah. was, it was very odd. So uh, I will give you that. Okay. That is a point in your side, I would say. But... Why did we go to Batcher's Grove, Rebecca? Because it's a really cool place and we wanted to learn more about it. Well, we're also doing a podcast about ghosts, right? We're doing True. Yeah, we're doing research. So we would love to see something there, mm-hmm. wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. I would too. Even as a skeptic, I want to believe so badly. I want to believe in these ghosts. I, that is one of my first points is that People that go there want to see something. They want to see a ghost. They want to see the ghost house. They want to see the ghost dog, the two-headed monster, the caretaker, all those other things. They want to see something. They want to have a story to tell. So I, it's kind of not very scientific to say that somebody wanted to have these specific results and got these specific results. That is not how science is done. Science is done when somebody goes into there without expe- without expecting to see anything. And even I can't say that I went in there not wanting to see something. So that is my first point. It's not very scientific. We cannot use science to validate that because of that reason. Another thing, after looking at that picture, I have a couple concerns. Um, the picture that was taken in 1991 was very grainy. First, because it was 1991, camera technology wasn't the same as it is right now. We've come a long way in a very short time, but because it was infrared. And a lot of these pictures of ghosts tend to be infrared. Now, they did not see anything with the naked eye. They saw it after they developed the picture. Therefore, to me, that means that we are allowing machines to tell us what we've seen. And I think that that allows for a possibility of outside contamination. 
So when they were developing these pictures, who's to say that there wasn't another picture of a woman sitting on a bench that just so happened to match that area in the picture, and it just came out that way? When they used to do developing before we did a lot of digital pictures, which I'm assuming that this was actually developed, you know, because that's the stories that I've read, Mm -hmm. that it was developed, they... um. There was a lot of cross bleeding over when you're doing multiple sets of pictures. So there is potential for contamination. I'm not seeing a great potential, but I am saying that there's some. I wonder how many pictures that they took. Also, when it comes to pictures of ghosts, I am very skeptical because if we're not there, we don't know what was going on outside of that frame of that picture. I remember having a conversation with Armando, which he was on our Christmas episode, and um, he was showing me a picture that his friend had taken, and it was in a storage closet, and there was clearly, clearly a a very distraught-looking woman in the picture that was very ghostly-looking, and he used this as proof. Well, my problem with it is I don't know what was on the back wall. What if there was a reflection? What if there is something that's causing that to happen? All right. There, well, there is a difference though because that was taken in a in a room, whereas the lady in white photo was taken. But I don't know what was happening around that frame. So I'm always skeptical when it comes to pictures. Always going to be skeptical when it comes to that. Um, let me look at my notes and see where we're at. Oh, okay. As for other counts of this woman in white, it reminds me a lot of the Resurrection Mary episode that we did, our very first episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all these different ladies' names and possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Only Carl was able to say who it was that he believed that he saw. And that was after the fact. It wasn't that he knew what Catherine Voigt looked like and then he said wow that's Catherine Voigt I'm looking at right now it was after the fact and I think it was in our last episode shadow people where I talk about we have these brains that do amazing things they're very very powerful and we fill in gaps when needed when we need to see something we can see something we can fill in gaps so there's no saying that this was Catherine Voigt it was it was after the fact. So I I don't want to discount Carl. Um, you know, I, I really believe he's an honest person. And that leads me to my next thing about what Carl said. There's only three reasons that someone would tell people a story like this. The first reason is he actually saw something. The second reason, he believes he saw something, but that it wasn't really what he saw. And the third reason is he's lying. So I do not believe he would lie about, about this. I, don't, I, I believe he's a very honest person. He seems very honest and very caring. So that leaves, the la- uh, that leaves that last one out of my mind. I don't think he's lying. So now we have two possibilities. And then I'm going to use science. And I'm going to say that typically... The simplest answer is usually the most correct answer. So is it simpler for us to believe in ghosts, that there is a life after death, 
and that sometimes this life gets trapped in our world somehow, some way, that it just happens to be a spot where a person may be trapped after death, that Batcher's Grove is just this spot for some reason? Or is it possible that he and the other people that were in his group thought they saw something, but it really wasn't a ghost? So what would be the simpler explanation for that? I would say that they thought that they saw something, but they really didn't. Sorry, Carl, if you're listening, I think you're an awesome guy. I just, I'm a skeptic. That's what I am. That's, that's what I do. To me, my money is on the concept that it wasn't really there. I want to believe so badly, but have never had this kind of experience. And I've been to Batcher's Grove three times. Mm-hmm. And although I do feel that Batcher's Grove is some kind of sacred spot, I do not I, I, I do not have any evidence that there is ghosts there. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. You could interject at any time. No, you could I, disagree. I, that's a, I, I, I do. I'm saving it. <laughs> oh, you're saving it. Saving it. All right, so this is the time when we do our closing arguments. Mm -hmm. We will each have one minute to say our final thoughts. And to leave you with one last thing to think about before you head over to the polls and vote. And we will have, we're actually going to have two polls up for this one. We'll tell you more about the second one later. But uh, the first one will definitely be about, do you believe that there is a Madonna or a lady in white in Batcher's Grove. Yes, and remember, this is this is about you guys, right? We're here. We love doing this research. We love debating each other and trying to get these arguments out. But in the end, the we don't make the decision. You guys make the decision. You do, yeah. Absolutely. So this is a, a really important part of the whole podcast process is that you guys go out and vote yes absolutely absolutely. we want to know what you think about this yeah okay so how this works in the closing argument is i'm gonna time rebecca on my cell phone she's gonna time me on her cell phone we have one hour one hour i mean one hour (laughs) one minute we have 24 hours to be able to express our no we need to listen carefully (laughs) for two (laughs) we have we have one minute to be able to say our closing arguments. Okay. And during this time, we cannot interject. We cannot debate. All right. These are closing arguments. So, Rebecca, you're up first, as always. (laughs) Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. I'm going to start it right now. Okay. So, the main argument that you have is that People are going to the Grove with this outcome in mind, that they want to see something spooky, so therefore they see something spooky. And you mentioned that that's not how science works. But I would say that that's actually exactly how science works, that scientists come up with a theory, a thing that they believe is the going to be the outcome, and they test it. Sometimes it's what happens, sometimes it isn't what happens, but they will test it and see And I think that is what a lot of people do when they go to Bachelor's Grove is that they want to see something or they are curious about it, but that doesn't mean that what they see is therefore not true just because it's actually proven that they see something. So I 
I think that people are seeing a woman. I like this idea that it's a woman who's there caring for these children that are buried there that um, don't have their parents. And the fact that Carl didn't know who it was at first is the reason oh. to believe him. Oh, you went over, actually. I did, that. but it was an important point because of that. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Okay. I don't think I'm going to need the full minute, actually, on right. this one. Well, let's see. Are you ready? I am ready, yes. Okay. Let me know when to start. All right. And go. When I go to Batcher's Grove, I feel a sense of final peace, a feeling of remembrance for these people whose time has come. I have not seen anything that would make me feel there is enough evidence to support anything else. I believe that people that go to Batcher's Grove are in search of a supernatural experience. There is a need or desire to have there be something more out there. And when I was a young boy, my father passed away when I was 13 years old, I had this need and desire to be able to reach out to him or to have proof of an afterlife. It would have comforted me a lot. I had many experiences that I would have sworn were proof of this. But as I got older, I realized that it was my desire that colored these events into being more than what they actually were. I believe the same thing about these encounters. I believe there is so much desire for a specific outcome that they have colored their encounters into being something so much more than what reality is. Oh, did you need to finish up? No, actually, I think that is a good place to leave it. So I did need my full minute. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so... Now it's time for our outro. All right. We thank you guys very much for listening to the episode. So here is our special treat that I kind of alluded to in the beginning. This is really cool. Yeah. Carl at the com brought out a spirit box when we were in Batcher's Grove. And he talked to these spirits, or so, he's, so he says, or so he believes. Mm-hmm. Um. This audio is fairly long, and some of the noises may not be the best quality to listen to. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. And, and, and if you need more explanation of what a ghost box or spirit box is, if you haven't listened to our Paranormal Illumination Society interview with Holly from yeah. Christmas, go back and listen to that because she talks about what this is and kind of how it works. Yeah. And then you kind of can understand why it's like... It's, it can be difficult sometimes to listen to. Yeah. So we decided to play this audio for you in its entirety. I don't want to select out a piece of this audio because, uh, I, you know, I didn't hear anything when I've listened back to it. I've listened to it with headphones on and I did not hear anything. But that's not to say that there wasn't anything. I just didn't hear it. So we decided to close out the show, play our closing music, and then we will include the, I, I think it's like almost 10 minutes mm-hmm. of, of just Spirit Box um, chatter. So we will leave that for you. You can listen to as much of it as you want. But there will be a poll about this asking you if you've heard, if you heard anything during that. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to hear. And, and if you actually do hear something specific and you want to share, let us know. Send us an email. Yes. I want to know if you believe that you heard something. I want to know where it was so that I can I can listen to it. I I want there to be something there. Yeah. Uh 
also your your brother Austin was there as well too. I should I should definitely include that. Uh, he was there for the interview. Uh, we're going to have some more about his encounters at Bachelors Grove, which are very different than ours. Oh, he had a, a whole experience that is fascinating. And it goes yeah. along with one of the other stories of Bachelors Grove. And so that's going to be, I think, a great future episode. Absolutely. We'll have to have him on. So over the course of uh, the last couple of months, me and Rebecca have gotten to work on another podcast together. And it was it was a pleasure to work with her where we didn't have to debate. Yes, it was nice. Yeah, it's called Mr. Wiggly's Moist and Happy Friendship Garden. So it, this podcast is kind of like Saturday Night Live, but actually funny. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Saturday Night Live is pretty funny, but this is really, really funny. And it's audio form. So it's in a podcast form. We uh, act out different, different characters. Mm-hmm. It is not suitable for work or for small children, though. Yeah, this is ghostly. Is great to listen to, you know, with with age appropriate kids. If your kids could handle handle it, it right? I, but, I don't know. Yeah, that's up to each parent. But this, uh, Mister Wiggly, is definitely uh, not not appropriate for kids. No, but it's a memoriam development podcast, so you know that it's really good quality and well thought out. Absolutely, they do great comedy work. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Rebecca, do you have anything to add? What's that one podcast that you keep listening to? Oh, yeah. There's this other one um, that's called Snack Attack. No, it's a, I think it's Attack, oh, Attack of the of Snack. Attack of the Snack. I'm yeah. sorry. I knew. I had, yeah. Attack of the Snack. I just found this one. I've listened to a couple episodes. Um, it's uh, it's about these uh, these two people. They, they try out snacks and uh, talk about the snacks and joke about the snacks and they're, they from all over the world, kind of crazy stuff. And uh, it's been kind of hard for me to listen to a little bit because I've been on a no sugar diet (laughs) for a little while. That makes Uh, it really hard. It does. Um, But but then again, I kind of like dreaming about the different snacks (laughs) that they're eating and helps me plan on, you know, what I might snack on. So are you living through them? I'm living vicariously through them. Yes, definitely. So it's a lot of fun. It's funny. All right. Well, it's short, too. I want to thank you guys uh, for for downloading and listening to Ghostly. We've we've had a lot more people listen to Ghostly than I could have ever imagined, and it really warms my heart. It makes my heart grow four sizes. <laughs> not too big. <laughs> no, not too big. Mm-hmm. So we we appreciate you more than you know. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it. Please tell a friend so we can continue to grow. That's definitely, I think, one of our, our main ways to get listeners is when people tell their friends about us. Yeah. Absolutely. It really, it really makes a difference. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've had to actually download the episodes on people's phones for them. Right. Because not everyone listens to podcasts. And no. we want to introduce them to the world of podcasts because yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And ghostly in particular. Mm-hmm. So our next episode will be coming out on February 6th. And will be a very special Valentine's Day episode. Yes. 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 What you think of Chicago. Yeah. And Valentine's Day. Well, don't give it all away yet. I'm just putting those two things together. It's a very romantic episode (laughs) that we have planned for you. I can't wait to talk to you guys then and to find out what you guys think of our episode and the Grove and the Spirit Box and all those things. So please go vote. Absolutely. And uh, remember, too, coming up soon, we're going to be announcing some 
term pests. Yes, I talked a little bit about that before. We have to figure out, there's going to be several contests going on at the same time. So if if you're not in the Chicagoland area, and one of the things is you have to be in the Chicagoland area, there's other contests. Absolutely. It's going to be, the next couple of months are going to be super fun. It is, definitely. So we'll talk to you guys again on February 6th. Have fun listening to that spirit box. All right. Thank you very much. We put some holiday things up here, decorated just a little bit. Do you appreciate us doing that? Do you like that? Yep. What is the holiday that's coming up that we decorated for? Somebody just said What is the holiday that's coming up that you decorated for? Could you tell us, please? Come on, guys, it's a nice holiday. We want to celebrate it for you. We thought we heard it. Can you say it nice and clear for us? 
Alright, behind us is a very big gravestone. One of the major big families here with many members buried here. Can you tell us the name on that stone? It has the infant daughter and father stone by it. Come here. Little boys over by the stone name. What's the name on that stone? How about this? Is our German friend here, Mr. Auschenbach. If you're here, give us your first name. Did you used to say good day in German to us. August Auschenbach, are you here? Yes. You should say hello to German. Alright, well, we think we've heard a few things. We want to do a short session. If anybody wants to say any last things to us now, please do so. Alright, somebody's walking down the path right now. Who are they dressed as? Santa. What's the color that they're wearing right now? Who's walking down the path now? Is this the Alright, one last time. We're going to get saying goodbye now. We appreciate you talking to us. You want to say goodbye? Alright, we thank you. Santa Claus and his dog walking down the path. Yes, sir. Alright, one last time. Tell us the cemetery we're at. What's the name of the cemetery? Alright, we're going to say goodbye then. Thank you very much for talking to us on 321. We're going to say bye bye. Bye. Thank you for the